0: I came in this morning feeling like I didn't really like the sermon. And so I'm having this moment where obedience has worn out. God didn't want me to provide that. And so I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about thankful hearts. And I'm going to start out in a verse in Psalm 107. And it starts this way. Um, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands from the east, the west, the north, and the south. Sometimes sometimes I think that um, the cure for co- the common religion is the thankful heart. So let me build a little case here for a second that That as we know it, the word religion in the last 50 years has sort of changed meaning for many people. 50 years ago, religion was something that you did in devotion and love to deepen your relationship with Jesus. But now there seems to be a distinction between the word religion and relationship, right? The religion now seems to mean all the stuff we do to make God happy with us. It's quite a different thing than something you do out of devotion and love for the Lord to suddenly meaning, what do you do to get right with God when he's already done all this stuff? What does Psalm 107 say? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those whom he has redeemed from trouble. How many of you know what that means to be redeemed from trouble? Do you know what it means to be re, to be redeemed for trouble? Maybe it just means that you know that you can't do it on your own or you're not able to finish the job or you need help or maybe you've actually been beyond that into the spot where you're in the valley of the shadow of death as we talked about earlier and you have felt his presence there. But what I'm talking about here is in righteousness sake, in, in religion, the cure for the common religion is this, that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever and that the redeemed of the Lord would say so. Not that they would go around as you're familiar with, you know what this is, what is this? This is a bony finger of indignation, the the common religion op- optimism comes around and goes, I know that you need help. Whatever it is. And that almost never goes over so well, does it? Have you ever liked it when somebody came up and said, I can see your problem and this is it? That's the bony finger of indignation, if you will. I brought it out just so you remember that whenever you point at somebody, you got at least three fingers pointing back at you. But remember, the Bible doesn't actually say, hey, go out and diagnose everybody else's problems. It says, look in your heart and see where your problem's at and then see if you have the solution to that and if you don't, ask for help. And if you do, you're going to need help doing it because <laughs> it's in your heart. And your heart, if I were to quote the Bible, would be desperately wicked. Oh, that's the tongue, but it comes, whatever, whatever's in the heart comes out of the mouth. And the mouth, from out of, the, the, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. You ever notice that, that out of your heart, your mouth speaks? And if your heart is sort of deeply unhappy with something, then pretty soon you're going to moan about that. Or you might be a moaning Marvin all the time. You might just, you know, misery doesn't love company. Misery loves miserable company. (laughs) You just try being cheerful around somebody that's miserable. They don't like it. But here it is. Give thanks to the Lord for his good. So what is the cure for common religion? Thankfulness. What is the source of thankfulness? I can tell you what comes out of thankfulness. Every ability to discipline yourself within the life of God. So that means read the Bible, pray, praise, worship. All that stuff flows naturally out of thankfulness for what he's done for us, but it doesn't doesn't happen. Those things don't really happen unless there's thankfulness and you're just really happy. God did. And I want to know more about it's just exactly. I used this example in the first service and Karen wasn't here, so I didn't have permission, but she, she knows this coming, but I'm, but part of the way that I know that I'm in love is that I don't, I don't feel like I deserve Karen. Right, that part of the way you know you're in love is that you know you're getting something you don't deserve and you can't live up to it and you can't earn it and it's a gift. Now, that works in our relationships with individuals and you might know how many of you are in love with somebody by that definition. You've got somebody in your life that you know that you don't deserve them but you get to be nearby and blessed by them all the time. Okay, See, that was a test, married people. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding but but being in love with god is exactly the same way that this this thankfulness of heart from psalm 107 is because you know that he has gathered you in from the very desperate disparate places of the earth and he's and he's rescued you and his love that did that keeps going Now, how does his love express itself? Well, it express itself in Jesus coming down on the cross, not us building a tower up to God, but God coming down to earth to live amongst us and to die for us. That's the story. And I use the story of the Tower of Babel specifically because they thought they could do it on their own. And they built their own thing. That's what religion has come to mean in our life. But how do you, is there anybody here that's thankful for something that has started to put that in their heart where they can be thankful for something and it starts to fuel that? Is there anybody here that's done that? How did you put thankfulness in your heart, Sandy? How did you put thankfulness in your heart? Many, many years ago. Okay, so. Okay, so you're seeing something that you've been praying for for years, and you're watching it, and you're starting to recognize it happening, and you think, that's God. I'm so thankful for that. Anybody else ever done anything with thankfulness in their life? Being humble. What's the source of that humility, Sandy? Look, only Sandy's get to speak today. <laughs> Trusting in the Lord. Um, but you use the word humble, not trust. So I, I, I just want to pull at that string just a little bit with you. To, to know that you're not in charge. And, and right, the Lord is. Now for me, I'm not speaking about you, uh, humility comes from trying to be in charge and then not doing it right and needing help. Right? In the same way that we learn how to ask forgiveness by needing to ask forgiveness by being Yeah, be humble. (laughs) I'll take that to heart. (laughs) No, she said, be humble or shut up when you need to keep your mouth closed. (laughs) And I'm just taking that to heart here (laughs) as I'm talking about it. I do this in marriage counseling. Are you ready for this? I've told you this over and over again. The very first charge that I put on people getting married is this one thing. Spend every day deciding that they're the one for you. Right, but every day you're going to make the decision because sometimes you're going to wake up and things aren't going to be perfect and you're going to have to make a decision. Really. You can't live a marriage life on adrenaline because it's so exciting. It's just not always going to be that exciting. Is it? It is? Wow. Phil, you go, man. Well done, Sandy. <laughs> but if you spend every day making them the one, then you'll never have to wonder who the one is because you'll have made that decision over and over and over again for your whole life. Every day, for us as believers, what, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to lay sort of a charge at you that when you wake up, In the morning, before you hit the snooze button, or don't hit the snooze button, instead of hitting the snooze button, I want you to say, I'm thankful for something, and make a decision to be thankful for something that day. Can you do that? Has anybody ever woke up in the morning? Now, let me start with the morning people. Are there morning people in the room, people that just love morning? So you wake up and you go, "Woohoo! it's another day. Right? Pretty much. How do you do that? Because <laughs> oh, you know coffee's on. That means you're probably not as morning person as you think you are. <laughs> Any morning person? How do you wake up happy in the day rejoicing? Right. I, I see. I, I, Bill's kind of a morning person, isn't he? Oh, yeah. So, oh, dark 30, wake up you know cuz i'm morning starts at 11. <laughs> Karen doesn't think of herself as a morning person, she just gets up in the morning. <laughs> um and so so as we get there and you're and instead of hitting snooze, you're going to spend a moment saying i'm thankful for and you're going to list something. And then i want you to do this. I think I might have a struggle today, God. Can you help me work that out in the morning? Okay, so two things. What's the first one? I am thankful for something. By the way, I kind of see a struggle coming. Help me recognize you today in that struggle. That's, by the way, Sandy's thing. How do you recognize God at work as you start to pray and then you see him at work, so you start to have eyes to see God at work. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because there isn't any evil, but because your presence is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It doesn't mean that you're not going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and it doesn't mean there's not going to be any evil around you. It means that you're looking for the Lord in all those places. And so what happens when you're going to get in the habit of saying thank you, and then at the end of the evening, I want you to say thank you for something that happened that day. Recognize God at work, and then let the redeemed of the Lord... That's us, right? The rescued. Say, so I've been rescued. That's what that means. Let the redeem. So you start to train your eyes to see God at work in your life because he is working in your life. I can tell you many stories about that. I've told you stories like this. How many of you know that I went through college and had a handicap permit through my college years because I could barely walk? for some of that time God healed my hip he woke me from a dream in a dream and and as I woke up going I was having this dream that my hip was being healed and it was being healed in that dream not that it it's way cool that he did that But then we train our eyes to sort of see God at work. And so what I want you to do is to start to look, to have eyes to pick out that spot in the day where you had something that was a struggle and God helped you or you met his presence, right? So in the beginning of the day, you're going to say, I'm so thankful for whatever this is. I need help here. Help me see you at work in that. At the end of the day, I want you to do it backwards. I needed help here, and I saw you in that. And God, I am so thankful for. And you're going to do it for a while until it becomes a habit. Not like a New Year's resolution where you do it for four days and then quit. But that you're going to do that, and you're going to set this pattern and start to plant in your heart. The eyes to see God at work. That way, when you go through Psalm 23 and you hear this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or, he's my guide and I have everything I need. He causes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters, right? Why does he do that? Because he's restoring my soul. So recognize your calm waters and your green pastures in that day, in the moment, because they won't all be that way, will they? Has anybody ever had a day that didn't feel like it ever had any calm waters in it? Yeah, me too. Me too. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. By the way, that's not a picnic. Being led in the path of righteousness. That usually means you're going to have to give up something. My experience with the paths of righteousness in my life is God's kneeling into my life. And he says, you know this thing you're doing over here that's not helping anything? Let's not do that anymore. And the very first part of being led in the path of righteousness is going, that's right, I've been doing something wrong and I need to seek forgiveness and I need to stop doing it. I need to turn from whatever it was. Now, I might have been doing it for 35 years and thought nothing of it, but God's talking to me at this moment and saying, no, let's not do that. And so at the end of the evening, I might say, thank you for showing me the spot where I was making a constant error. I'm so thankful that I'm not going to make that error anymore. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil not because there isn't a valley of the darkest days of your life or the valley of the shadow of the death, not because there's no evil, because there are. There are things that go wrong in our life, but because Jesus is with us. And we'll know he's with us because we're going to have a habit of recognizing that he's with us, and our hearts are going to be thankful for that. And out of that thankfulness is going to cure the idea of religion in our life where we've got to do things to to make us right with God. We're going to start to see God making things right all around us all the time. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What does that mean, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? It means we're going to talk about it. And not with a bony finger of indignation. We're not going to go... We're gonna say, I got something to say. God did. Can you believe it? He could do that for you. He might already be doing that for you. Have you noticed it? That's the difference in talking about God that people are looking for. Excitement. Have your has your life has have you met this Jesus who says, I came that they might have life? But not just this puny little life. And he just came so that I could twiddle my. Th- no, he didn't come to twiddle your thumbs. He came that you might have more life than you've ever had before. That it would bubble out of you, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wow, that's a radical, different kind of life, isn't it? Let's hope for that. I think I, I think I'm going to be done. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us see your work in our life. Help us know um, that you're doing it, and help us give thanks for it. Move in our hearts that we might see your life in us and others and be thankful. Amen. Amen.